Well, welcome to the follow-up. This is Hayden. I am the worship director here at Arbor Church. And today I'm joined by Cliff Tatama, our interim pastor, Allison Oconee, our community care pastor, and Michael Solis, our children's director. Today, um, this is another podcast that we've recorded in advance because, like I've said at least twice now, we are... We've been encouraged to take our vacations, and we are. So if you're watching this, it means probably one of us is on vacation and we couldn't gather together to record. So when we decided to do these uh, podcasts, we realized it would be, one, disingenuous, and two, almost impossible to record a podcast about a sermon that hasn't been preached yet. So we decided let's talk about subjects that kind of come up in the church or related to the Christian faith or just things that we're passionate about that are in a, uh, I don't know, a biblical sphere. So um, we've already heard about our family values, Legs, that was one podcast. And then Cliff led um, a, a podcast on personal devotions. And uh, today we're going to be talking about worship and uh, hopefully clarifying what worship is, what is what is worship versus what is praise music on a Sunday morning, and and we'll just kind of go through that conversation. Um, my title is the worship director at Arbor, but uh, really, when we get into this conversation, I hope that we kind of delineate between worship and what we come together for on a Sunday morning, and we call that worship very often, but really it's just one form of it, and and hopefully we can have a conversation and What's cool is we have Michael, who is our children's director, but previously you were the worship director at a church before, correct, Michael? That's right. And to qualify Cliff and Allison, I've seen them worship on a Sunday morning before, so they are very qualified to yes. be up here. My grandfather was a worship director, really? too. So, yeah. This I'm is the first time I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and my son is. Oh, there we go. Look so we have, we've, all, we've all got connections here to this. So... I'm going to put you guys on the spot just to start off. <clears throat> when you think of worship, what is it, Cliff? A lifestyle. A lifestyle, okay. Allison? Um, that, but I, I will fall prey to the typical um, music, musical expression of it, too. Yes. When I think primarily um, worship, I do think music, mm -hmm. even though I know that's the wrong answer. <laughs> it's, there's no wrong answer. <laughs> I think the wrong answer would be praise music is the only form of worship. Mm. Yes. Correct. Yes. Mm. But not a wrong answer. Michael? Oh, man. Uh, I, I like your lifestyle answer. I, I'd, also, I'd also say it's a discipline. Yep. And, um, and although you say the word worship, my mind automatically goes to singing or music of yeah. sorts. Um, but I also personally think that it's, it's what we were created for. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would agree. Yeah. yeah. Well, <clears throat> I, uh, I told the, uh, the people on stage to look at Romans 12, one, when I was going to Bible college, I was a part of, uh, let's call it a cohort of about 20 students who were in the worship program. And by the time I left that college and was done with that program. 
there was four of us. So worship was a very popular uh, degree field as a freshman, and then everybody left <laughs> and decided oh. they wanted to be a preacher or a youth pastor or they wanted to get their biblical studies degree instead of focusing on worship. But one of the things you do towards the end, um, there is a class where you have to kind of go through and put together your theology of worship. Why do we worship? What is worship? What's the biblical precedent of worship? And what I had kind of wrote my paper around was the first verse of uh, Romans 12, but also I included more of it. And I'll just read it real fast in case anyone isn't familiar. It's a very popular verse from Romans. It's Romans 12.1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Um kind of low-hanging fruit because it has the word worship in it, right? <laughs> to just take that and say, this is what I'm going to base what my theology of worship is. But Cliff kind of said what I like to say all the time is worship is a lifestyle. It's the way that you are constantly in your life putting God on his throne, right? Above everything else, I'm going to glorify God and say, he's the reason why I'm doing it and he's the reason I can do it. And that is why I worship and um, one of the cool things about that verse is as a kid, I went to a summer camp where um, it, was five, it was five nights, and we'd have a morning session, an evening session, small groups and all that, but we had this campfire where the director would come up and speak for a few minutes, and the first night, he recited from memory that verse, Romans 12.1, and then the second night, he did Romans 12.2, recited it from memory, and then the final night, you can believe he did one through five, right? And just, he would speak about those verses and then he'd preach for, you know, five, 10, 15 minutes on that. And for me, it was one of those, it blew me away because it was one of the first times I actually saw what exegeting was, right? Just taking a verse, breaking it down, this is what it means. But that always stuck with me. And um, I like to focus on, on spiritual worship and the theology of worship because something that's really big in the church world is people having their preferences, right? And and this is, I, I want to hear more hymns. I want to have more upbeat, more uplifting music. And the, the real focus is if Sunday morning is the only form of your worship, one, it's pretty shallow worship. And two, you're not worshiping throughout your life. And and I think that when we come in on a Sunday morning and say, this is about the only time in my week where I get to corporately worship with a body of believers, I think you'll pretty quickly see, oh, man, my preferences are going to fade away because it's just so cool to be in a, in a room full of other believers that are like-minded, and we get to worship our creator together. So that was a really, really cut down uh, of my theology of worship. But Michael, you had mentioned, and I kind of already alluded to it, preferences when it comes to worship. And as someone who was a, a worship pastor, director, whatever you want to call yourself, right? Did you have to deal a lot with the preferences? Yeah. And no, I had people who came to me and, and in the church I was specifically at, um, I don't think I'll go into the denomination, yeah, but no. they, uh, they had a very high value on acapella worship. Mm, Non-instrumental worship. Yes. And, um, and alongside that, there's a very strong 
long lasting tradition with hymns. Yeah. And so oftentimes I had folks coming to me saying, Hey, you know, can, can't you just do a, a song or two or the whole service just acapella sometimes? Or, uh, why don't we just do more hymns? And I yeah. found myself really, really wanting to adjust whatever it is I was doing to really meet some of these folks' needs. Uh, on a personal level, I felt like if I am helping usher them to the kingdom, if it's because maybe when they were younger or something, this is how they worship, this is how they identified with the king, I want to open that up for them. But how has it worked for you that way? Um, I mean, one of the cool things about my time here at Arbor has been I've been a part of probably four or five other churches, uh, whether in the volunteer capacity or, you know, as the full-time worship director. Um, I've never at Arbor had someone come up and say, man, I really wish you would do it this way, right? Which has been a surprise because every church I've been to, I've had young people come up and say, oh, I would, I really wish you had drums and electric guitar up there more. Or I haven't had an, an older person saying, hey, I'd really love to hear some more hymns, you know? I haven't had that at Arbor, which is either really good or people just don't care about worship here, right? You know, but I really think that it's, I think that the people at Arbor just know that my preferences are my preferences. I can have them and that's fine, but my preference isn't everyone else's preference. And also it's just not, in my belief, that's not how worship should be dictated, right? It shouldn't be about what I want. It's the whole act of worship is, you see it, it's a sacrifice. You were putting yourself below God, right? And you're coming to him. So where does my preferences really fit in with that? And and for me, when I was younger, I just said, yeah, sure, I'll do it. I'll throw him in there. And I just was very, uh, what, deferent would be the right word? If if that's what you want to hear, sure, it's, you know, no skin off my back. I like hymns. I like loud rock music. I can I can do that. So, but as I'm, I think as I've gotten older and maybe a little bit more bolder, I think I've felt if I have that right in the ability to speak into someone's life, I try and challenge them and say, why, why do we need to, you know, play more hymns? Why do we need to play, you know, louder music, more upbeat music and have a conversation. And I think most people are pretty receptive to that. I think a lot of people just think right off the bat that, Oh, of course the style that I like is what, that's what God wants to hear. Right. Can I, <laughs> Which hasn't been the case. Yeah, can I can I share a story on yeah. that? Uh, I just think first, I think it's important to let our listeners know when we were talking about worship, it isn't just how you how you sing or the type of music that you have at your church service. But uh, I remember back when it, they used to call it worship wars at church because it was so divided between people who wanted to have hymns, people who wanted a more contemporary or upbeat style, and so forth. And um, I remember at a church that I was pastoring. Um, we were really reaching out to people, a lot of people who hadn't been churched. And really, that was the idea of contemporary music was music they were familiar with. Honestly, it's the same thing as the hymns were back in the day. So many of the hymns were written to, they were actually outlawed in England because they were written to bar tunes. Hmm. Okay, so, and the reason the writers wrote it to bar tunes, so where the average person would want to listen to it and hear the theology behind it, right? So that was where you come up with the hymns to start with. And I loved educating people on that who said, who would say, you know, this, this, I actually had one guy tell me it was the devil's music, you know, because it was very <laughs> contemporary. And I reminded him of where the hymns came from and how the church saw yeah. them at that time. 
But but in this so in this church I was in, we were playing some very it was contemporary, it was upbeat, it was pretty loud. Louder than it should have been, maybe. And uh, we had this guy, 83-year-old guy, I'll never forget Roger. He sat in the back of the church, and it was obvious. I'm watching him one one day, and and the, the band, it's it's loud, and it's and and people are just playing worshiping. I mean, really worshiping. Their hands are up and they're singing. And and I look at Roger and he's just sitting in the back there and his hands are up. And I went over there and I got my knees next to him because he was sitting right by that. All the same, he always had the last last row of chairs there mm-hmm. and he would sit there and, and he was just looking at everybody and he was smiling great big and i got down and while the music was going on i had to kind of yell at him because it was loud and i said roger I said how you doing he goes oh, i'm doing great and i said you like the music and i just thought he was going to say yeah because he's just worshiping there right and he goes no can't stand it and i went what <laughs> and he said and i said really and he said no can't stand the music and i said well what are you doing here and he said, I've learned to worship by proxy. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean by that? And he pointed to a guy about three rows from the front. He said, you see that guy up there, his long-haired guy, he had tats on, and, and, uh, <laughs> and he was just standing there just with his hands up in the air and just, just praising God. And I happen to know that he came off the streets and he'd received Christ. Roger knew that. And Roger goes, look at how he's worshiping. And I said, yeah. And he goes, I'm worshiping by proxy. Can't stand the music, but love worshiping mm. with that guy right there. That's great. And I just thought, man, that's yeah. such a great picture of mm-hmm. being open to saying, I just want to worship God. When I see somebody else worshiping him, I can learn to worship by proxy that way. Yeah, yeah. offering a, your body as a living sacrifice. As a living mm-hmm. sacrifice. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. That's I would cool. hope the older we get, the better we get at that. Amen. So, you know, I think bad, old people get a bad rap sometimes for being really set in their ways. Like, oh, yeah. they're the ones who are always <laughs> demanding that it's their way, you know, and that... Uh, you know, the music is coordinated to their taste or volume or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems the opposite to me, that the more mm-hmm. mature we grow in our faith, the more we want it to be for others, the right? Yeah. About and to come. that yeah. it's the like it's the generations that are coming up behind us that we know we need to like encourage and strengthen and yeah. build up and welcome and all that. It wouldn't be, it would be less about us as yeah. time went on. Yeah. And you said it. It's a bad, you know, they get a bad rap. Yeah. That would be a bad day for me as if rap became that kind of music. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I had to actually say, okay, Lord, I'm going to worship by proxy here because yeah. I'd have to, right? Right, because you're yeah. like, it's not about it's me. It's not my style. Yeah. Hey, Hayden, let's start right The more mature I yeah. get, the more I realize <laughs> it is, not, is less and less about me. Yes. You know? Yes. Amen. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting with that. You know, you talk about the older generation as well. Um, you mentioned sometimes like I oftentimes heard it's just too loud or, or specifically the drums are too loud. And I think there are some settings, physical settings. Yeah. Yes. That where the acoustics just mm-hmm. nail people. Yeah. And, and I say that because I was also sensitive to these folks who are saying it just it really is. It's hard on my ears. Yes. Mm-hmm. And especially sometimes older generations, if their ears are are, are tempered a, a certain way, where those those frequencies, beats, those yes. frequencies, yes. just pull them away from that. 
I never wanted to be in that place as well. Right. Mm-hmm. We right. have a nice big bottle of earplugs in it's our true. media yeah. booth. Yeah, and we used to we used to have them in the back of the mm-hmm. of the church for people like that because yep. my wife, you know, works with elderly, and she's told me that she said, as you get older, your ear there are certain frequencies mm-hmm. that will start will actually be painful. Yeah. Yeah. And and we have to we have to think about those people too yeah. because otherwise we are hurting their experience. So it does go both ways, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think that many of the people like Roger who are willing to do that, and then I think, am I going to be willing to do that when I get to be that age? Because I want to be, mm-hmm. you know, whatever that looks like. Yeah. When we introduce those rap songs for worship, yeah, <laughs> we'll yeah. be looking over to you, Cliff. Yeah. Be yeah. Like, what are you going to do, man? I'll have the earplugs uh, in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I thought I'd ask you guys for for your opinions on this. Why do you why do you believe that church church has been happening, church service has been happening for so long? Why do you think that musical worship has survived the length that is, has survived, and why do we continue to do musical worship on Sundays? And is that a versus other forms of worship, or just yeah, in general? Just in general. Have we already? Well, big question. God's wired us to worship. Yeah. Small answer also in there is that He's wired us musically, mm-hmm. um, and so there is something. I mean, even Scripture talks about how nature, mm-hmm. like trees, clap their hands and yeah. um, even the, the rocks, rocks cry out, out and mm-hmm. like all of nature is singing, and yeah. we're wired for that too. They've done all these um, cool MRIs now where yeah. they can watch you as you're worshiping, mm-hmm. and you see the different parts of your brain lighting up. It, Mm-hmm. musical worship. Yeah. <laughs> so I think God has wired us to praise him mm-hmm. uh, musically and mm-hmm. like tempo of your heart, blah, 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 like all the science of it. Yeah. So I think that that's one reason um, it prevails is because it, there is something that mm-hmm. happens when we praise God yeah. in music. Yeah. That's my little answer, but yeah. I, you know, <laughs> no, I the think bigger right. answer is creation was yeah. wired to praise him. It, mm-hmm. It's also a spiritual thing, isn't it? We can go back to David and, and King Saul, mm-hmm. and there was something that happened when David began to play worship music that actually mm-hmm. changed the spiritual landscape within mm-hmm. Saul, mm-hmm. who would who was I think tormented by demons, mm-hmm. and they would they would go away when David would start worshiping the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, with. Uh, with his instruments, with his harp and stuff. So cool. David played the secret chord and it pleased the Lord. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Hallelujah, man. Hey, Hayden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, uh, I noticed our time isn't running. Yeah, I noticed that too. We're, okay, we're, cool. we're good. I'll okay, let you just guys want to make know. sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, start over. <laughs> <laughs> Do over. We forgot Do over, to press yeah. play. <laughs> That's uh, funny. No, we're recording at this. I forgot to press the timer, unfortunately. So. No worries. So, did you get the answer to your question, Michael? Did you answer it? I, I could chime in. I mean, you guys. Yeah, yeah, let's hear it. I mean, like I also think about you think about when you talk about angels. Mm-hmm. They're oftentimes in chorus. Mm-hmm. It's like I write in there with what you're saying, Allison. It's like all of creation is built to yeah. to worship audibly, auditory. Mm-hmm. It's it's part of our design. Yeah. 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 I think when you when you pull the scope back, right, and you say what falls under an act of worship, right? When you pull that back, you'll see it it covers literally anything that we can do in our lives, right? 
being a, a good servant is, is an act of worship to God, right? If we look at worship as putting God at the top priority in your life, right? Putting God on his, on his throne in your life. But something that I kind of went through when I put together this paper in college was there was definitely some cultural influence, right? Like even from what you're saying, from the beginning of the creation of the earth, music is something that has just stirred something up in us, right? We all have different preferences when it comes to genre. Some of us might be country fans. Some of us might be classical orchestral music. Some of us might be rock and roll fans, you know? Um, But regardless of the genre, we all enjoy music, right? You hear a, a beautiful piece of music and maybe it stirs up an emotional response. But when I think about the American church, we've always done some form of worship on a Sunday morning. And I think part of it is, like you guys had said, how we have been wired to receive music and enjoy it. And then how we've been able to repackage music and, and put a, a sacred quality to it, right? Writing lyrics that reflect scripture and how good God is. But I think a, th- a certain part of it is it might be one of the easiest avenues for us and mediums for us to worship as a congregation, right? Because we can listen to praise music on our on our car ride into work. We can, you know, listen to it while we work out while we mow the lawn, things like that. But I think about congregational worship. There's a lot of areas where we still miss out on some forms of worship, right? I think about churches that regularly have a day where they cancel church and they go out and serve. And that is just as important as an act of worship as you know, a band getting up for for four or five songs on a Sunday morning. So, you know, I I think that the question isn't to to maybe propose that we start every Sunday having a different form of worship. And and I talk myself out of a job here by saying there's no need for me to lead music on Sunday mornings. But I think it's important when we look at worship to really say this is one form and it might be the one form that checks everybody's box, right? Not everybody is physically able to go out and, you know, clean up a school or clean up a park or serve, you know, food at a a soup kitchen, things like that. And for the most part, most of us, not all of us, can sing, right? We can make noise with our mouth or we can look at the lyrics on the screen. and, And I think that that's what's so beautiful about music is it's really accessible to everybody. Um, so yeah, I think that's that I asked that question just to kind of hear your guys' thoughts on, on why we play music on a Sunday morning. But if we said that worship and we did that worship is a lifestyle. So it's Mm -hmm. all about how we are living for God across all spectrums. And yet there are times when we feel closer to him than other times, which we would say are are times that the worship is most effective for us individually. Yeah. I'm curious where that is for us. I know, mm-hmm. and I'll give you an example. I was talking to Scott Hetherington the other day, and he told me that where he finds it easiest to worship most deeply is when he's taking hikes and is yeah. up in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm just curious yeah. where that's at for uh, you guys. I think early on in my life, I would have said in in music, right? I My first time that I really felt like God was calling out to me was at a, a youth conference when I was in middle school and I had heard this band play a worship song and I was just like 
blown away. I was in tears, but I didn't know why. And I was like, what is, you know, obviously I was having interaction with God and that was coming through, through music. And as I got older and I started playing worship music, it became really difficult for me to not, I don't know, review myself of how am I doing as a worship pastor as I'm watching another worship pastor and, and kind of analyze them. And it became difficult. And I know that's, that is a cycle for everyone in ministry, right? To not measure, measure themselves of like, how am I doing in my job? Could I do this better? Am I doing worse? Blah, blah, blah. And I'd say now the moments where I find I'm worshiping the most or the most in depth is similar to Scott, maybe not out on, on a trail, but when I have removed myself from any distractions, right? I, in Boise, had a lot better weather than here. So I would go out on hikes and I would make sure no one was around. And that's where I felt the most in tune with God. I would usually listen to worship music and read my Bible somewhere off of a trail. And that's where I felt really close to God and had the the most worship. And I'm finding that's the same now, usually when no one else is around and I can be alone is when I'm worshiping and sometimes music's on and sometimes it's not. Yeah. What about you guys? I just was remembered. Well, there's a couple. If I'm at summer camp with a bunch of teenagers mm-hmm. out by a lake or um, under the stars or yeah. having the wind blow by, I, like I was lucky enough to spend a decade in youth ministry as an adult. And it was a great throwback to um, all those young formative years where you're getting to know Jesus and loving him. Um for the first time. And it was so great to be able to continue to stay in that frame of mind for as long as I did um, due to youth ministry. So I love that. But then I also love long (laughs) rides in the car where I get to blast the volume as loud as I want. (laughs) And I get to push repeat as many times as I want on the songs that speak, you know, the words that I want to be singing back to Jesus. Um, And it's all about me, <laughs> you know, and I get to push my own buttons. Um, so, yeah, those are awesome times. Those are awesome times, and I need to be mindful to carve them out, mm-hmm. you know, and not let the rat race of the week get the better of me um, and just stay there and fold laundry over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. I yeah, don't know. That's cool. What about you? Yeah, so it's 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 crazy. This this last year has provided many different weird avenues <laughs> to mm-hmm. to find a, a depth of worship, and there are times where if I can break away and be in this space with our community, worshiping together, there mm-hmm. there's some serious weight to that, where it's like you know what I'm I'm with my my community, and we are in one voice lifting up lifting up God right now and and we're together and there's something so impactful about that and on the same token there's something about being home away from kids or or anything that's a distraction with my guitar backed away in a corner of a room just just let just emoting you know just pure joy and gratitude and and grief and taking all of what I have to the, the feet of Jesus and saying, I'm, I'm laying it at your feet. Mm-hmm. And a weird one I found this last year, like no joke, actually brought me to tears one day. And this is almost even going to sound funny that I'm saying it. 
is as we were doing our online ministries for kids, mm-hmm. uh, our kids would be watching off of Zoom sessions the worship, and you could see the pictures of the kids doing the motions and singing the songs. Na 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 na. And I would encourage our leaders, and I would jump right in there mm-hmm. to be a leader and to be physically singing along with the kids so that they could see, hey, you're not the only ones who are going to worship now. We're all worshiping. And to these children's songs at home in my office space, waving my hands and spinning my chair around, I was was shocked to find that I'm like, this isn't just play right now. I'm worshiping our creator Mm -hmm. to children's songs with the kids. And I was just like, whoa. (laughs) Yeah. So. I love that you brought up the last year yeah. because, mm-hmm. and even Zoom because, Hayden, I was going to ask you how it is to be our community's worship leader here mm. after a year of um, ups and downs in yeah. terms of like, hey, we're not able to be together in the building that we're used to being in. Yeah. And then flexing and going like, okay, now we're under a tent mm-hmm. all summer long. That was last yeah. summer. And then back to online. Okay, now we're coming back in the building small and then building. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that I've heard a lot of the Arborites talking about how meaningful it was to re-engage with one another, like first under the tent. That meant a lot. It meant a lot to me too. Mm -hmm. And that brought me back to like that summer camp feel. Yeah. But then getting back in the building and being Mm -hmm. able to sing together again um, meant so much. Yeah. What was it like for you as a worship leader mm-hmm. coaching us through all of these iterations the last year? Yeah, it's funny you ask that because that's kind of where I wanted to <laughs> land the plane at was a little bit of what you asked and a little a little bit else. Um, I'll say as I answer this, I kind of poked holes and prodded at you know the music and, and worship part. But one of the things that I think in defense of, of music being one of the most common forms of worship is I've gone to secular concerts before I've gone to many sports games and there is an undeniable quality of when you are in complete harmony and union with people, even if it's not about Jesus, right? There is a certain power to it. I've gone to sports games. My parents, my whole family's big ducks fans, right? So I've, I've yelled out sports chants. I've been to many different arenas and you walk away and you know you're not singing praises to Jesus, your creator, right? But you're like, there was something special about all of us being in unity, right? All wanting the same goal and, and we're yelling out and cheering. And there's a certain power to that, right? And I think what's so cool about musical worship is when you get together and not only are you in harmony with other people and you all are focusing on the same thing, but then also the focus is on Jesus. It, it just adds that whole, you know, union and truth, right? Unity and truth. And um, speaking more to your point, Allison, about music during COVID and then all of us coming back in under Tent Church and then we reopened, there was some wonderful music that we made during COVID. I, I remember we recorded all of it and then I had a friend, I sent it off to him and he mixed it and, and created it. And it was some of the best sounding music I've ever heard us create, but then I would watch Sunday mornings on a TV screen at home when we posted them, and I'm like, it's really, really good, like musically, and like from an art 
standpoint, it's really solid, but it just doesn't feel the same, right? And we did one live music Sunday at Tent Church. It was the last Tent Church. And I started to hear that again because as a, as a worship leader, you are so focused on not only the engagement and focusing people to the reason why we're singing these songs, but there's also a focus of we got to hit the right chords. We got to do things the right way. So you're kind of bouncing back and forth between it's not all about the music we create and it's not all about the congregational response. It's when those two things can be achieved at the same time. And I remember the first Sunday that we opened up back here and we had, you know, not a, not a huge turnout because we couldn't, I think it was 25% capacity. But I remember I had one of my in-ear monitors in listening to the instruments to make sure we were all on the right page. But then I think halfway through the set, I could start to hear people singing loud enough that I could hear it. And I was like, okay, this is, this is why we do what we do on a Sunday morning. It's not about one or the other. It's where the two come together and you have talented musicians who are using the gifts that God gave them to create something beautiful for God. But then you also have people who really believe the words on the screen and really have a reason to worship and they do it loud. So I think, I think COVID was very difficult because we tried to do something halfway, right? We couldn't hear each other. We couldn't be in unity and corporately worship as a body, but the meaning was still there and the music was still there. And I think that's what was so beautiful, beautiful about us coming back together is we really got to worship the way God intended it to be. So I'm hoping that everyone felt that renewed sense of um, appreciation for the gift. It really is. I yeah. mean, it, it often is there's uh Scripture calls it a sacrifice of praise as mm -hmm. well. So it's like, yeah, you got to roll out of bed and brush your teeth and mm -hmm. um, <laughs> get the kids in their car seats and get yeah. them here. I know yeah. it's so hard. Mm -hmm. It is so hard on Sunday mornings sometimes. Mm -hmm. But there's such reward, do, you know, being yeah. here together as a body and as a yeah. family and mm -hmm. with one voice, yeah. praising God. Um I hope that after COVID people feel all the more <laughs> yeah. like this is something I don't want to take for granted yeah. anymore because it was taken from us and at yeah. one point. And I think about the people close to me and especially my age range, the, I think the initial blessing that was opened by COVID, right. Was their ability to be a part of Arbor online. And then also they were like, I don't have, I, I can't go on Sundays. So I'm going to go listen to another church and here's some different teachings that I haven't been able to hear before. And I think what's what you miss out on that is I will acknowledge that I am not the best musician and the best worship leader in the world. And we, but you're pretty dang good. <laughs> Thanks. Hello. And like we, if you want to go out there, there's there's better preachers everywhere, right? There's so many good preachers this day and age. But so much of what God has called us to do is to live in community, and that's you miss out on that when you're watching it on a TV screen, right? And then you get to come here on a Sunday and, and hear a message and hear the, the reaction and the engagement and be able to talk about it in the lobby afterwards and the same thing with worship. And I think that's what's what's so cool. And you can keep some of those habits, right? If there's, if there's a preacher you like, listen to the podcast during the week, but come be a part of a congregation and a community because that is so life-giving and so what Jesus wanted us to do, so... Yeah, I think uh, uh, you started, Hayden, by 
talking about Romans 12, 1. Yeah. And right after that, it talks mm-hmm. about being one body yep. and all members of the same body and each one having different functions. Yep. And when you see that as part of the worship, exactly, uh, then you, know, you really kind of get to uh, what you were just talking about in a yeah. neat way. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of our members of the body, and you touched on on the worship team before, I feel mm-hmm. like we can't do a podcast without giving you a chance to give a nod to those who serve on the worship team. Oh, 100%. And I, I was worried about time, and so I'll close on this, but it's it's so great when when I first came on as the worship director, there was a lot of... There was a lot of how, how do you want me to play this song? How do you want to do things? Well, give me some feedback on this. And one of the, the big growth spots that I've seen over when I started to where I'm at now is very rarely do I have a plan for a song when I walk in on a Wednesday night because it's become so collaborative and there's so much, there's so many talented music. I don't know if people really recognize the talent and, and the heart of the, the volunteers on the worship team, but I think across the board, there's just so many people that volunteer here at Arbor that one, have a great heart of worship where if, they throw an idea out, and I'm like, oh, I, I don't know if this will go over well. They're like, okay. Just thought I had an idea. I'd throw it out there. And then sometimes they throw out an idea, and I'm like, that's way better than I would have ever thought, so let's do that. And I and I just think the talent, the talent's one thing, but who each and every one of them are, is, it just blows me away. We have people, I think of in particular Monica Zard, who she is just blessed with being so in tune with God and some of the times that she'll pray and she'll do that congregational engagement. I'm just like, you did this way better than I could have ever thought of doing it. And I think of some of the musicians we have a guy named John Biggerstaff who I'm just, when he plays keys, I'm just blown away with what he comes up with. And I could go gush over everybody like Don Pratt and Catherine Klein and just all the people, Joey Watson, everybody that plays Nate Ward, you know, all the all the people and all the people that we've had in the past who you know haven't came back to church, but it's it's a wonderful team and and just great people. So, We're so thanks blessed. thanks for reminding me, Michael. Yeah. Um, and if you want to audition, also see you. Yes, because right? I'm sure you take some new musicians. Oh, for, for sure. For the yeah. fall too. Yeah, I am always wanting to have more people involved, and and uh, so if you're listening to this and. You're like, oh, I don't know if I'm good enough or I don't want to step out on stage. It's nerve wracking. It's really not. And you're more you're more than talented. So just come talk to me and we'll uh, I like that. Allison said audition. I don't do auditions. I just we sit together and play music together. Or if you're a singer, I'll play guitar and you sing and we'll see where it goes from there. So don't want to add didn't any you pressure. Do a special call out for accordions. Isn't that what I heard? Yeah, accordions. I've noticed there's a big. We have an untapped uh, polka uh, genre at the church. So if you play nice. the accordion, or if you like to be in a French period piece, uh, I also like that. <laughs> proxy baby, bring proxy. a trombone. Yeah. <laughs> so holy cow, we're devolving. Yeah. So I'm gonna wrap things up. Thank you guys for listening, um, and thank you for the staff members who are on stage for um, indulging me on talking about worship. So. Um, This has been the follow-up, and we will see you guys next week. 